Welcome, everyone, to Around the Campfire. I'm your host, Kate. You know, some people struggle with the terms that, you know, a lot of preppers use. And most civilians don't know military terms but would like to. And I hear a lot, Kate, what does this mean? Or, Kate, what does that mean? Well, this segment tonight is going to be the first segment to give an introduction to the next several segments of what this show is going to be, be featuring in the future. I'm going to be interviewing different people on diverse subjects. Um, yet it's all going to boil down to the same thing. This is survive in the midst of chaos, no matter what the scenario. Kaiser's Castle is joining me around the campfire tonight, and we're going to talk about preppers' terms and military abbreviations that are commonly used. Welcome to the campfire, Kaiser. Thank you, Kate. And I will tell you, it's a pleasure being around the campfire with you. Um, there's a beautiful time that most will never know of actually sitting down and talking to the good folks around the campfire. And hopefully tonight they get a sense of how cozy it is. And as a former groper, I love being cozy. Cozy is good. And you can probably hear the guinea in the background. So, you know, we have the fire going, the guinea, and a few other miscellaneous creatures out there deciding that they want to join in on our conversation. So if you hear I that want ground, some right, s'mores! I want s'mores! Fault. S'mores, yes, s'mores! Well, feel free to jump in anytime, Kaiser. Um, let's get on with this um, because we have a lot to cover. Um, we're going to hit some acronyms like TH. TF, a lot of people call it uh, stuff hits the fan or, you know, the SHIT part. It basically means that something is going down or getting ready to go down, and this is not good. It could be a natural disaster. It could be that you lost your job. You've had an injury or a death in the family. Something has hit the fan in your life, or it could be a worldwide something has hit the fan. It could mean that our nation, as we know it, is upside down and the rule of law is gone. It's left. Then there's W. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh I was I... about to say, yeah, the shit hits the fan. Uh, w R O L without rule of law. That's what you're talking about, and we're seeing it now. Um, yes. The shit hits the fan. Uh, we're on um, PSN network, so that doesn't matter if we say expletives. Uh, what I will say. Sister, and I will tell everybody, you have to understand that uh, when the shit hits the fan, there was an old punk rock song. I can't remember the band now, but it, it said we all got a duck when the shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe that song was on Repo Man. And I just can't think of the bands, but that's album. You can listen to it. It's, it's very true. And also without rule of law, there's a problem. And that's something Kate, uh, can talk about honestly around Kate's campfire. She can go in depth on this and we're going to do this as quickly as we can. And we may not hit all of it, but we're going to try to make sure you guys are all knowing on these, like, W-R-O-L, without rule of law. And there you go, Kate. Without rule of law basically means that there's no no more law. Just like in Portland and um, a few other places right now, it means that the, the police aren't doing anything. They're not responding to your location. What are you going to do? Okay, there's 
Teotihuacan, which is T-O-E-T-W-A-W-K-I. It means the end of the world as we know it. This is like the big event. Utter collapse in society, utter chaos, end of the world that we know it. And so what do you do from there? You go on to your bug out location. We'll hit that in a minute. There's EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal, but for prepper purposes, um, it means end of days. EOTW, or end of the world. EMP, Electromagnetic Pulse. Hemp, H-E-M-P, High Altitude Electromagnetic Pulse. This is when um, things, all the electronics are fried because the grid goes down. CME, coronal mass ejection. This is the big solar flare caused by the sun that can also cause an EMP. Uh, Faraday yep. cage. Yes, Faraday cage. Uh, Chef has a story of, of uh, who, who Dave Faraday is. Um, we hear people talk about the Faraday cage all the time. This is a metal box or a metal structure that is dampening or rubber material inside where you can place your electronics. It's supposed to help protect your electronics from an EMP. Take it away, Chef. There we go. That's not a problem. It was Michael Faraday. Uh, F-A-R-A-D-A-Y. He was a 19th century scientist who discovered, uh, and it was because of the coronal mass ejection that fried, it was 18... Oh, I can't remember the exact date, 1850s, I believe. Um, and with that coronal mass ejection, what you saw is uh, might have been the 1860s. So you guys check me on this. And it's uh, there's no ego with Kate's campfire. Everybody can always disagree and, and be agreeable. Uh, but the point is, uh, all the... All the telegraph lines fried, and that was called the Carrington event, and that's when Michael Faraday figured it out as a scientist. So these are things that are real. Uh, EMP is very real, and that can be man-made, as Kate spoke earlier, or it can be actually naturally made by a coronal mass ejection. Your thoughts, Kate? Oh, um, we're just going to move right along so we can just keep keep this going. Um, GSM, Grand Solar Minimum. This is where some people talk about how it's going to get colder. It's just a theory that some people believe in, some people don't believe in. It's, uh, if you go to IceAgeFarmer.com, I think it's .com, um, if you want to learn more about GSM, um, I think, but let's go back to the Faraday cage just, just, just for a split second. Um, a lot of people believe that the Faraday cage uh, will protect all of the electronics or the electronics that they put in, inside this, this cage. My personal belief does not matter. What matters is if you believe that it will work, then it will work. Uh, GMO, genetically modified organism which entails our food um bob bug out bag bol bug out location bor bug out route bov bug out vehicle a lot of people have a specific vehicle that they want to bug out to their bug out location to using their bug out route Uh, ghb get home bag this is the bag that 
that's in your vehicle that you need to get home if you're in a bug-in situation. Um, say, for example, your vehicle runs out of gas or somebody slams into you during a, a, a world, the end of the world as you know it situation in a, in a world with, without rule of law, etc. you can grab your bag and you can go. And then there's the INCHB, which is I am never going, coming home bag. That is question. pretty self-explanatory. Yes. If the world's ending, why would you need any of that? Where are you going to go? Because if the world, as you know it, is ending, the world may not be ending, but the world as you know it may be ending. Exactly. Angel, that was a good question. And Kate Just described it. Described it exactly perfectly it's not that the world the world never ended no matter biblically uh if we go back to and i'm saying this for the biblical people that you know believe in god um remember when sarah was turned to stone or turned to a salt pillar depending on the uh yeah, depending on the narrative that that was pushed, um, with when those two cities were ended, uh, and she looked back, uh, the world didn't end. There's still people, and it's not just biblically, as in the Bible, just like the flood. These things have happened consistently, and whether you believe in God or not or you believe in the Bible, all text everywhere include this as a reality. And so there is a real point to it. I'd like to go back real quick to something that she brought up. It's the end of the world as we know it. Okay? That could be, go back to the Russian Revolution, go back to Mao's China, with the communist, that was the end of the world as both the czar and also the Chinese back then knew their world to be. And it changed. And it's very important. Now, with she, we touched lightly on a Faraday cage. A Faraday cage is nothing more than grounding something. Uh, there was something that I'm sure Angel and Kate know about, and a lot of people in the audience know, curb feelers, where you would have these little things that let you know they'd scrape, and they'd let you know when you were too close to a curb. Well, if you actually had a new alternator inside a wrap, and it is this basic, folks, screening that's like the screen that you have in your screen door, that kind of size. If you wrap an alternator, also have it in aluminum inside it, and you have the curb filler connected to an actual piece of wire, when an EMP strikes or a coronal mass ejection, yeah, your alternator is going to be fried. It will never start again, but the battery is going to be fine. That's why you have a 24-volt and a 12-volt system 
a 12 volt civilian 24 volt is impervious to it for reasons we'll talk about maybe later and maybe not but the the point is you just switch out the alternator it, it may take you 20 30 or an hour to switch that out once that alternator now generators have a little different system on them but still it's a good idea to have an extra alternator or generator for any vehicle that you're running and have something that touches ground to that spare system so that you have a new alternator or generator and that's all i had to say on that sister okay um, just for quick clarification, um, I do not believe that they, the, the Bible gives Lot's wife's name. Sarah was Abraham's wife. But anyway, um, we're getting into military terms and abbreviations. Um, OPSEC, O-P-S-E-C, Operational Security. This represents the security that is around you. It is very important for people to have OPSEC no matter where they are. Um, you do not know what is going on. Say, for example, you walk into a Kroger store or a Safeway or Dillon's or wherever it is you at. You are at in the United States to where um, there are Cretans and bad guys all over the place looking for an opportunity. You need to know what your security um, is. You need to know what is going on around you. Um, then there's per, PERSEC, P-E-R-S-E-C, personal security. Again, you're back to representing the security that is around you. InfoSec, I-N-F-O-S-E-C, it's informational security. It's what you put out verbally, online, social media, or whatever. AO, area of operations, that's where you live or your bug out location or your property, your community, AOR, your area of responsibility. This is the area that you are guarding. The SOP, Standard Operating Procedure. This is your procedures and plans. It's like a list of your bylaws for your group or your community or your MAG. Your MAG is MAG, Mutual Assistance Group. This is your proper group or your community group or if you're in a militia or whatever, your militia group. The group of people that you are going to be with in your bug out location. LPOP. Yes. I was just going to say you're exactly right. I was wrong saying Sarah. So um, <laughs> the other thing I'll say with OPSEC is it's very important. That's how you hold your operation tightly. That means it doesn't go out through any means of communications your operation security should be held as tightly as you would hold um your people as brothers and sisters uh your personal security nobody else needs to know your security stuff infosec um that is what you're putting out online and throw a lot of muff fake out throw a lot of videos that are muff fake you can agree or disagree with them. Uh, area of operations, yeah, that's where you're working at. Nobody should know your AO. Uh, AOR, area of responsibility, nobody should know that, except for the people you trust. Uh, your SOP, 
in all honesty, your standard operating procedures, that's something that only the people you're around should ever know. Nobody else should ever know. And if people are talking, loose lips sink ships. Uh, your mutual assistance groups, uh, that's falls under the SOP too. They should be the same way. And if they're not, then, uh, there's a problem that you have within your own group. And with that being said, I think we've covered my opinion on both of Okay. LPOP, it's your listening post, observation post. This is like a guard post that's not hardened, um, not ballistically hardened. You can be concealed to where nobody can see you, but you're, you're not covered, like, to stop an incoming round. If you were in the same situation... But you stop an income coming around. That's called FFP or field fighting position. The FFP is like LPOP only with ballistic protection. RP, rally point. This is where you're on patrol and you set up a meeting point on a map where everyone is going to meet. It's the same thing as like your bug out location. It's your meeting point. You have a rally point to where you meet people in your group to where you can get to your bug out location. LUP is a layup point. This is where you're, you are going on a mission and you are on patrol. You hit rally points and you have to lay up and gather up your forces to restructure a different plan. It's just another term that's used. FOB, forward operating base. This could be your bug out location or the strength of your outpost or a general meeting station before moving on to your secure location. NKDA, no known drug allergies. This is a patch that is usually worn with your blood type on it, somewhere on your uniform or on your um, your backpack or your headgear or inside your headgear. It's known or unknown allergies in case of, an, of a medical emergency. This is so the medic will know what not to give you if you are allergic to something. I'm super happy you brought up the LPOP um, and and the other things, too. Um, uh, one of the things with an LPOP, uh, we did this a lot. Uh, you have the different TAs. Uh, those are field phones. Uh, I happen to have, because I am a ham, we're going to go into ham a little bit. Uh, yes, you I was, are ham. Yeah, yeah. KC8UI, that's a fact. Um, that's my, uh, 73s, all you other hams. Uh, what I will say is in LPOP, we used to be able to, uh, it's two wires and all you had to do was shove a, um, if you want a, a pin through both those cords. And if they are using field phones, which have a two mile radius, um, either in a, a field phone like a TA-1, going all the way up to, folks, the new stuff, which is the digital TA-94 or 954-TTs, the Elmers, and also going back in the day when we were around the TA-1042s, and they were both digital. You also had the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the TA-312As. And so these are field phones. So these are real deal 
things that you have to think about. And when she brought that up, I was like amped because I knew exactly those little things can be defeated because there's cordage that's involved on it. Uh, but they can't be listened to. That They are secure unless somebody taps into them. And so with an LPOP, you have to have your listening post also, quote-unquote, be an operation post, observation post, so you can see where the lines are going. There should never be a break in that, especially it's the old general orders. Folks, look that up. And a field fighting position, that's exactly correct. Um, people call them foxholes. Uh, you can harden them with sandbags, and it can even be a vehicle as long as it's hardened. Uh, and that means all that material that you have that's hardening that, you have to have uh, more material to harden it more because as it's hit, it's going to disintegrate i.e. it's not going to be as effective. And with that being said, rally points are nothing more than an RV for the British folks out there. Um, and that's where you're going to meet up if everything goes haywire. And I will mute myself now. Now we're back to the ham. Ham, ham radio. This is actually... Not an abbreviation, H-A-M. It is used for amateur radio. And I know that um, Kaiser has a ham radio, and um, he, he is very beneficial for any, any group of people that he or community that he will be with if and when the end of the world as we know it happens. FRS Family Radio Station, GMRS. General Mobile Radio Service, uh, CB, Citizens Band. On these radios, you will see a button that says PTT, which means push to talk, which is usually on walkie-talkies of some kind or a bail thing, which is also a, a portable ham radio um, walkie-talkie. Um, yep. Yeah, <laughs> what, I, what I'll say on that as a ham uh, get your license, folks. Everybody will talk smack about it, but in all honesty, um, it costs $10 for 10 years. Um, you'll have the ability to buy it like a bow thing. Now, with the Internet being there, you no longer have to go to a store, but I do recommend people go to a store and talk to hams or a hamvention. That's what they call it, a hamvention like a convention for hams. Um, the other thing I'll say is FRS. I have FRS. Uh, we used it in Iraq. We've used it in Afghanistan. It's easy to be listened to, and it's family radio service. Uh, that Well, it's written down as family radio station, but it's actually just like CB. That's uh, Citizen Band Radio. It, it, it's the same kind of thing. And I have realistic, uh, a Navajo and another type of radio on the CB band. Uh, the point is, you can find this stuff for cheap. Communications right now is very cheap. I will pimp a channel 
uh, or not a channel, but I'll pimp a company. It's in Lima, Ohio, and they sell military radios. And you have to remember, you have AM, you also have FM, and you have so many different bandwidths that you can operate in legally. But you can also operate, quote-unquote, pirate radio. You have to understand you can still put stuff out on other bands, and this is totally legal as long as it's uh, Tiwaki, uh, the end of the world as we know it. Um, even during a, um, a civil war or a actual invasion, all laws, folks, believe me on this because it's true. It's federal law. All laws that are on the federal books end if there's an invasion or an actual insurrection. And that's why I'm glad Trump did not pull the Insurrection Act. And that's all I have to say on that. Okay, moving along. After PTT push to talk, there's good, G-O-O-D, means get out of Dodge. Self-explanatory there. PC, plate carrier, CR. Means chest rig. This is a tactical setup without the plates. BB, uh, not just BB as in BB gun, but BB as in battle belt. WB, war belt. You can tell I was in the military. EDC, everyday carry. This is what you need to have on you at all times. That does not mean it's like an everyday carry pistol or a firearm of some kind. Everyday carry is what you have on your body. Do you have a knife as a weapon? Do you have the 550 paracord somewhere on your body? Uh, I carry a um, everyday carry leg pouch, which it it just attaches to my leg on the outer part of, of, of my Wranglers. They, um, that carries everything in it that I need for a 24-hour period, if I am stuck somewhere, lost somewhere, whatever, I can get home. That's my everyday carry. LBE, load-bearing equipment. CCW, conceal carry weapon. It's In my state, you do not have to have a conceal carry weapon. Um, it is legal. You do not have to have a permit. It is legal to conceal carry without a permit, which I really, really like. Um, IFAC, I-F-A-K, Individual First Aid Kit. Uh, I carry a trauma kit in my IFAC. Um, John Lovell at War Poet Society, I'm going to uh, pimp him out there, give a shout-out to John. Uh, he has a really cool first aid ankle IFAC. This is not a boo-boo kit. This is a trauma personal injuries kit, but it goes around your ankle. It is very comfortable. Your jeans can fit over it, and you can barely even tell that it is there. Only you know that it is there. And if someone is really going to look down at my ankle to see if there is something there, they deserve to be kicked in the face because they are getting way too close to me. Exactly. There there's some good things. I love what you did with the get out of Dodge, and you made it very logical going down, Kate. I love it. Um, get out of Dodge. Look, plate carrier, you have to have a vest to, to carry that plate, and you need to have a threat level four if it's at that level. 
Uh, it's not just a Kevlar vest, which is usually 3A or 3A plus, because there's some manufacturers making that now. Uh, the battle belt, that's what you're going to go if you think you're going into a problem. And chest rigs, the same thing as a battle belt, except it rides up higher. And that way you have your mags all there. You can also have your IFAC on there. So your IFAC needs to be something that you always carry, your individual first aid kit. And that means if you go down, the person coming to you does not have to pull their stuff. They may need to tend to your wounds. Uh, Battle belt, it's sort of the same thing as a chest rig. It just worn lower. A war belt, that's just another terminology for a chest rig or a battle belt. Um, EDC, your everyday carry, should have everything you you need. Even, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you can carry it in a purse. That's what I like to call it, a man purse. Uh, but if Kate's carrying it, it'd still be a purse because that's just the slang we use for it. Um, the other thing that I'll say is a load bearing equipment. You have to understand that's LBE. That means you have, um, how do I put this? You have, uh, straps that hold on to the belt with load bearing equipment, but there's also an LBV and an LBV is a load bearing vest. So you are able to have a chest rig for change of mags. Uh, many manufacturers of it, the military has really diversified it, and it's good. Uh, you also can, if you're tactic cool, if you want to get them, and I have the same garbage, um, you can get Blackhawk with three different, you know, exclamation points after it, you know, and you just put your belt on under it, and it snaps on. Uh, so that's an LBV, a load-bearing vest. And concealed weapons permit, folks, get one. And she covered the IFAC, and that's all I had to say on that, Kate. Okay. There's the CAT. That does not mean a kitty cat. That means combat application tourniquet or an RATS, Rapid Application Tourniquet System. That's just another type of tourniquet. Um, I do not care who has what kind of tourniquet as long as it works. I like the self, self-applying self tourniquet because if you need to do it one-handed, you can, and you can still save a limb. Um, like uh, Kaiser was saying, the IFAC is your individual first aid kit. You should not need to rely on somebody else's first aid kit to save your life. If you have an individual first aid kit that is uh, tailored just for you. So if you are wounded and somebody comes uh, uh, across to where you are at, they can use your individual first aid kit to help you out. A Molly, M-O-L-L-E, modular lightweight load carrying equipment. Alice, Alice Pack or Alice, A-L-I-C-E, all-purpose lightweight carrying equipment. When I was in the military, uh, we had the Alice pack. Um, I am used to hiking, so the Alice pack did not bother me. Yet on a lot of people in the military, the Alice pack, the, uh, the, uh, the shoulder straps dig into the shoulders because they do not know how to adjust 
properly. I like the Alice pack, but if I had to wear one, I would change out the shoulder straps for my personal comfort. Salute. S- oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, honestly, the Alice pack is really outdated. I know uh, from being on Ranch 2.0, uh, Maxpedition, all these thin packs that you can talk about, uh, they're, they're smaller, i.e. they're not going to get hung up. Uh, they're smaller in stature, i.e. it doesn't matter how skinny you are, they will not hang up on things unless you overpack it and make it wide at the bottom with, you know, sleeping bags, uh, sleeping pads, whatever. Um. You can get them from uh, Maxpedition, great, great source. You also have a, a great source with so many companies out there. And that can be your good, your get-out-of-dodge pack. Uh, you, you, your only limitation is how heavy you want to pack it, and that's my thoughts. I We, we do a lot of Maxpedition here. Um, I also do Kelty. My first major packs after the military was Kelty. Uh, they are a mountaineering pack. Um, I am not endorsed by Kelty or Maxpedition in any way. I just, I like their packs because they are durable. I have had my Kelty sleeping bag and my Kelty four season tent for literally over 30 years, maybe 33 years, 32, 33 years. And they are still, they are not saying that they are like brand new because that is not true. I use them frequently and I have never had rips, tears or problems with any of the Kelty products. Maxpedition, I just learned about about three years ago and I really, really like their packs. Um, in a short expedition, short term uh, hike or whatever, a Maxpedition, like a day hike or a Week hike is really, really good, but if you're going to do a, a through-hike that's going to be like 500 miles or more, um, I would I would recommend not a Maxpedition, but something more durable that, that is um, designed for through-hiking through like Kelty and North Face. And I don't like North Face, but some people do. Then there's Whoobie. I just added this one, uh, W-O-O-B-I-E. I do not know what the acronym is, but... Um, nowadays, they have whoobies in the military, which are a, a lightweight poncho liner that can be used as a blanket. And the term the term that's used in the military is, if you do not have a whoobie, you will be cold without one. Yeah, it's it's whoobie is love, whoobie is life. And, and the funny thing is, you brought something up that really uh, is important. Uh, there's so many manufacturers out there. And Kelty is a good camping bag, and, and they are strong. They're stout. Uh, but what I will say is Maxpedition, because of what they use, it's actually one of the toughest. Let me rephrase that. It's one of the hardest use bags. I carried one, and I still have it. Uh, that thing has lived with me since 2005 and, um, there's just, for some reason that bag and I'm a big Kifaru fan. 
Um, I also like some other brands. Um, London Bridge. Uh, the, the brands are what's in your price range. And honestly, I think Maxpedition for its price range, uh, Kelty's going to be usually cheaper than Maxpedition. Uh, yeah. But you will get a good bag no matter the brand. And we're not being paid by any of these people to tell you a good pack as long as it's slim. If it's slim line, I have no issues with them. And I'm sure that my sister Kate doesn't either. All right. No, I don't. Um, 550 cord. This is a cord that has seven strands of rope inside of it, internal cordage. It's used in parachute cord. It also comes in five strands, but I believe that the seventh strand is better. Uh, MRE, meal ready to eat. Cash or cache, C-A-C-H-E. This is where you hide or you bury your gear, your equipment, um, etc. Moulin Lave. Now, this is an ancient Greek term. It's a classical expression of defiance. It means come and take them, meaning your firearms. And here's a fun fact. Uh, it was among the laconic phrases reported by Plutarch attributed to King Leonidas I in reply to the demand by Xerxes that the Spartans surrender their weapons. And King Leonidas said, Mulan Labe. Sheeple. Now, these are the people who follow the crowd and question nothing. They're not the awake people. They do not know what's going on around them because they want the free stuff that's out there. They're going along and do what they're told because they want to hang out with the cool kids just for a brief moment, not realizing that the cool kids are the ones that's going to turn on them in the long run. And these are the ones, the sheeple, that have no clue. FIFO, F-I-F-O, first in, first out. This is the order of going in to clear a structure or clear an area. LIFO. L-I-F-O, last in, first out. QBC, close quarter battle. CQC, close quarter combat, which is basically the same thing, just different terminologies. NBC, nuclear biological chemical. PSK, personal survival kit. Uh, for example, I have a Maxpedition. That is my personal survival kit. That is my kit that I take with me in my vehicle or if I am going to be going anywhere that is 25 miles or more outside of either Ranch 1.0 or Ranch 2.0 because if I need it for any reason other than my, my leg bag attached to my, my, my leg, this is my bag that is going to get me home, going to get me to survive, or if I run in, across someone else who needs help, I have extras. For, for the folks that... Uh... I have to say this, Kate, because things have changed a little bit, and emergency management is kind of my belly work, you know, emergency management. Um, NBC has been changed to C-Burn, C-B-R-N-E. And what that means is chemical, biological, radiological, i.e. a dirty bomb, uh, and then nuclear, which is a fissionable device, and then E, explosive. And that's why they've changed, which is a should never have happened, but it is because they do have an expertise in this. Um, they changed um, 
ATF to go into Department of Justice because of the explosive part. And honestly, every state, the National Guard in that state has a sea burn unit. It's usually a weapons of mass of mass destruction and uh, a WMD unit that's on active duty. And the Marine Corps has one that will, well, they have a couple that will go nationally if there's a problem with Seaburn. And that's something that when Kate and I were in NBC, Nuclear Biological Chemical Warfare, was something that military police were really trained in because of where we went to school at Fort McClellan. And... <clears throat> That happened to be the site where actually uh, Kate wasn't there when it was built, but I was, and it's still a federally operated um, class, just like um, doing the lie detector school. Um, both those are still federal operated, and one is a live nerve agent training center at Fort McClellan, Alabama. Anniston, Alabama is where it's at now. And the same with the Polygraph Institute, Lie Detector Institute. And so that's something just to let folks know where we come from and what we both know. And that's all I had to say on that, Kate. Okay. And thank you for that because that, that's uh, great information for the audience to know as well. TPTB, the powers that be, meaning them, they, the shadow government, deep state, et cetera. DHS, Department of Homeland Security, potential threat when SHTF, when stuff hits the fan. They are supposed to be security for us and, and our homeland, but they've proven otherwise in the past. When they say, I'm from the government, I'm here to help, well, this is why we prep. DOD, Department of Defense, DOA, Department of the Army, DON, Department of the Navy, DOAF, Department of the Air Force, and they wonder, people wonder why there's no DOM, Department of Marines. Well, because Department of the Marines uh, lands under Department of the Navy. 1984, George, yep. Orwell, George Orwell novel that talks about a police state where we are, like, definitely headed and almost there. It, uh, the novel depicts things worse than what the United States is undergoing today. But like I said, we are hitting there scaringly fast. NVG, night vision goggles. And OD, night optical device, which is basically the same thing as, as an NVG, only just different terminology and depending on who you listen to and who you hear. So you will have these ter terminologies when you think in your mind, night vision goggles and someone else is saying, I have a nod or, or a night optical device. You will know that it is basically the same thing. Yep. DM, DM designated marksman. Uh, sniper is a skill set, not a rifle. DMR designated marksman rifle. It is a precision rifle. Dope, D-O-P-E. Data on pre-disengagements. Uh, where, say, for example, your, pre precision, your precision rifle or your DMR um, is concerned. This is logging into your logbooks 
what your clicks on your rifle were during a mission. What I mean by clicks is when you are sighting in your rifle to make your mark, to make your shot, uh, your optic settings as a sniper, sniper, your windage, your elevation, different distances for different conditions, weather conditions, atmospheric conditions, inclination, declination, etc. There's a little knob on certain points of your sniper rifle that makes a click. It, it is a click. You make your clicks on your rifle during your mission so you know what your distance was and all of the windage, elevation, etc. And you log that in so if you are back in that situation, the more data that you log in, the better you will be at remembering. And you can mimic those. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With windage and elevation. Here's the thing, folks. We Dope actually was started out by Marines, not the Army, not the Navy, not the Air Force. And she's very correct on that. Uh, we have a log book. When you go out to 500 meters with an, with an M16 at that time, at the time it was an M16A2, and they do it with an M4 now. It's not just the clicks for a sniper. It's the clicks if you have an M16A2 or an M4 that has a classical windage elevation. Every click is a minute of angel, angle. So going up or down. And it's if your windage is going there, you're tracking it. You know where it's if it's coming from the left, you know how to move it left to offset the windage. The elevation, same kind of thing. And that way that round, that SS one oh nine round, and now they haven't I did a whole entire show on my page on the different types of rounds. Um some of the newer rounds are a little different, but that's the way it works. And it also works with, um, if you're looking at a heads-up display, uh, if you're looking at whatever you have on your rifle, whatever kind of scope, that's the same thing. That's what she's talking about. So, and you got to remember, there's also things that are said that you may not know. Uh, I mean, Kate knows, and I know, but you you folks may not know. And I'll tell you, state, that means State Department. Um, there's just certain ways you say things when you're overseas. Uh, if you're talking about uh, feds, you're usually talking about the FBI. Uh, especially if you have to go to overseas, if you have to go see the legal attache, you're talking to the FBI. That's who it is. If you're overseas and they say you have to go see somebody on the defense or how do I put this? If you have to go see the military attache, you're talking to somebody from DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency. If you have to go see somebody with Department of Agriculture, usually CIA. And that's all I had to say on that, Kate. You are hitting it on all eight cylinders tonight. When I was in the military, we called the CIA spooks. So if you had to go see a spook, you were going to see a CIA. Um, okay, we hit dope. Okay. Well, actually, we are basically almost done. We've only scratched the surface of the abbreviations and terms. I hope 
These have been helpful. Um, we are running out of time. So, you know, like K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. We're so busy trying to complicate things that we, and we, we want to look cool. But if you keep it simple, you think simple, you do simple, you can confound those that think that they're wise. The simpler you think, the simpler you act, the simpler you are, the easier it is going to be when SHDF happens. And what you said about keep it simple, stupid, that's the perfect acronym. Because honestly, I don't care how skilled anybody is, they all use the KISS principle. And that's something we can actually dive in for 10 minutes, just on the KISS principle. And I'll follow up whatever you want to say about it, sister. Well, basically, um, the simpler the better, in my opinion. Um, Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, Nobody is the best. I do not believe in experts. I believe in professionals. And no one is the best of the best. There are people who are some of the greatest professionals that I have seen. But there is always somebody better. Um, I am good at what I do. I am a professional. But there is always somebody better than me. And if I keep it simple and I strive a little bit harder, maybe I can strive to be as good as that person who is better than me. I would agree with you on a certain level. Uh, Professional... That's a whole different uh, conversation, and I love that conversation, actually. I I don't believe in experts either on any level because experts are found dead all the time, and they they fell in gunfights. I've seen it too many times, and I've also seen dudes that are super awesome fell too. I'm not the best. I'm not an expert on fucking anything. And the reality of this is, is that if you hear somebody say they're an expert on something, run from them. Run. Don't run to them. Yeah, don't, don't run to them. Run from them. And if they say they're a professional, look at what they do and how they do it. And you'll see it. I mean, uh, one of the best training aids I ever had was working with a guy who's a 12-time Grand National pistol shooter, Brian Zenz. We were in military police company, uh, first FSG, great guy, super shooter. And he can, he can do a lot of things. I've seen him at work. Um, but he will even say the same kind of things. And I was very fortunate to be around a lot of good men and a lot of good women. And that's why I say, when I say sister about Kate, she was a military police woman, a military police officer. And she, there's a difference, by the way, military police man, military police woman, military police officer. So you guys know the credentials. And... She's highly skilled, but she will never say she's an expert, just like I won't. Uh, Those of you who have heard my show have heard me, Kate, and Baz talk. 
none of us say we're experts and we don't like experts. And I'll tell you one thing, Brian Zins won't say he's an expert pistol shooter, even though he's won X amount of awards, but he's very professional, but you have to see the product of what they produce. And that's something very real. Your thoughts on that, Kate? My thoughts are, are ask questions, ask for credentials. If there is someone who claims that they are an expert at what they do, even if they claim that they are a professional at what they do, say firearms, for example, and say that there is a firearms instructor, ask for credentials. A firearms instructor are just words. And words do not mean anything. If you are going to be trained by someone who claims that they are a professional or a, an expert, ask for credentials. Ask for, for names of people who have taken their classes. And I do not mean just names of the common housewife of soccer mom. Ask for the names of individuals who mean something. Say, for example, um, I know a man who does um, firearms instructors uh, instructing for um, the Marine Corps. Uh, he is a layperson, but he knows what he's doing, and they hire him. I know a man who uh, trains at, uh, not just trains, but instructs at, at FLETSI, which is a federal law enforcement training center. Um, he, he is an instructor there. Ask for an instructor's or a professional's credentials. If they, yeah. say, they, if they say they are professional, prove them to be a professional before you take a class from them because you do not know what you are being taught if a person just gives you lip service and says, yes, I'm a professional, I can teach you. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying with when you when you drop names. Look, here's the thing, like Fletzy, I went through there and I also instructed there. It's I oh, I've so met a lot of people. <laughs> I've I've met a lot of people there that were instructors. And anyways, an instructor is an instructor is an instructor. Um it, it's a matter of like when my first contract going over to Iraq. Uh, DOJ vetted me for a year. You have three minutes. And okay, that's fine. DOJ vetted me for a year before I even went over there. And they vetted everybody with SAIC. And so that doesn't impress me when I, even with me saying SAIC doesn't impress me even with that because I've met a lot of instructors that they have creds and I have creds but I've also seen you know problematic problems because they didn't understand the full scope of the mission and what was expected so I've seen failures too so like I said I want to see them like you said, too, also, sister, I want to see them actually in action. and But that's a hard thing for people to vet, and that's a problematic thing, in my opinion. Well, especially if you're, if, if you're a soccer mom 
wanting to um, conceal carry, and you do not know what to do with with your new with your new Glock 17. If if you go and you watch this professional shoot, how do you know if you're a first time gun carrier if this guy is even doing hold, holding his weapon right? Um, is his are his fingers L-shaped where he can pick up the, the weapon? Where, where is your trigger finger supposed to go? How are you supposed to hold your weapon whenever you are not in the firing position? And what, what is your stance? I have different stances, but I'm trained. I can shoot from the hip. I can shoot from different stances. But soccer mom does not have that advantage. So what are your thoughts on how soccer mom, first-time gun carrier, looking for concealed carry permit, what are your thoughts on choosing an instructor? I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I've made videos where I've used my pinky finger. It's something It's something I learned on shooting all positions, no matter mm-hmm. where I'm at. Uh, I've used my pinky finger on an upside-down gun and shown the results on a video, and that's out there. Um, and Brian Zins is the one who actually taught me how to do that. So it's the sight matters only that you have a clear sight and it blades perfectly and it doesn't matter the position of that gun. And that's the biggest thing that is neglected when people tell people have a clear front sight post and make sure it's perfectly in the middle. And that's all I have to say. I want to thank Council Talk for joining me tonight. Again, train hard, train smart to survive, thrive, stay alive. This is Kate around the campfire signing off until next time.